Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with John Knotts about change management and change readiness. John Knotts, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Well, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, you, you reside in Texas. So before the interview started, we were just catching up and talking about all of the challenges that you've been facing, um, not only, you know, like everyone else in Texas who's been dealing with the freeze and and uh, water damage and frozen pipes and and being without electricity and, and running water and everything. Um, but you run a horse farm. And so trying to manage all of that with uh, while taking care of 40 horses is, is an extra level. Like you've leveled up to the next <laughs> challenge of Jumanji, I think, um, in terms of what you've been dealing with. But I, I'm glad you and your family and your horses are all healthy and safe. And it's great to have you back. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about silos and and how to effectively uh, collaborate, uh, given that organizations often develop those silos. Today, we're going to focus on change management and change readiness. I know that's a topic that both of us have a lot of uh, background and passion uh, for, and so I think this will be a lively discussion. As we get started, I just wanted to share John's bio with everyone again and invite you, if you haven't caught uh, our previous episode together, you can look on the back catalog. It was just a couple weeks ago, um, and that was a great discussion. John Knotts is a coach and consultant with over 30 years of experience in military, nonprofit, and commercial leadership coaching and consulting, extensive background as well in strategy, change, process, leadership, management, human capital, training in education, innovation, design, and communication. He is a 21-year Air Force veteran, a former consultant with Booz Allen Hamilton, and was a a strategic business advisor for Fortune 100 company USAA. John owns his own coaching and consulting business, Crosscutter Enterprises, and his wife, and he own a 100-acre horse farm with 40 horses. So again, um, what a wonderful thing, but also a, a challenge, particularly during a pandemic and during a, a crazy once in a generation freeze in Texas. So yeah, welcome so, back, John. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because you want to talk about change. And this is all about change. What is happening here? So I mean, when you really look at the, the grander scheme of what has occurred in Texas, so every single county in Texas went under a winter, you know, storm warning. And as you, you know, people have probably seen, and this is even going, you know, global, because I have a a lot of connections that are across the pond. And 
people are seeing what has happened. And basically, the electrical companies and the governing organization, ERCOT, were not ready. They were not ready for what was going to happen. And when it happened, they jumped to change management. So this is a perfect example of why readiness, change readiness, is so important to an organization because sometimes changes occur so fast that you can't manage them. And then the way that you do manage them makes big mistakes. And we've seen this with the the pandemic and what happened last March, like a year ago. And when they just decided, we're just going to make everybody work from home. And if you're not ready, if your organization doesn't have that readiness gene, you're going to try to manage that along with everything else that's going on. And it's going to, you're going to collapse. And, you know, they say that we were four seconds away from a total collapse of the electrical system across Texas, which would have put us in a blackout for the next two to three weeks. That's crazy. And yeah, that is crazy. I don't know. That's even more crazy than how it's been. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard, but like the board members are all resigned. Um, You know, several of them didn't even reside in Texas. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's so many things that when you think about managing change, and I, I, I've been talking about this for a long time, and I know you have too. And as a matter of fact, a little plug, little plug for you, got your book. <laughs> so, oh, I, I thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started reading it. I, I particularly um, jumped to the chapter on toxic, toxic leadership probably another opportunity for us to speak, but um, yeah, chapter 10, avoiding toxic leadership. Uh, it's a, that's a big, you know, a big area for me, but yeah. So change management, change readiness. This is a, this is a fantastic topic. I love to talk about this. Yeah. And you, you uh, absolutely point out the, the excellent example that we have just, just recently in Texas, also this past year with the pandemic, um, both of those have been these, I mean, we, we can't see the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we don't know what the next big existential crisis is going to be for our organization or for our personal lives. Yep. But we do know that there will be change events and pressures that will be put upon us. And so it's about being prepared. It's about being ready for when the unforeseeable does occur. It's, it's yes. unforeseeable because we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it is foreseeable that we know something will happen, right? And, sure. and you're absolutely right. With the pandemic, most organizations had no remote work plan in place. Uh, they didn't have any sort of contingency plans for how to flip the switch and move immediately into a virtual workforce and uh, how, how to deal with, you know, the lockdowns and the shutdowns and everything. Um, now, should we have expected everyone to be prepared for that? Probably not, because this is a once in a century pandemic. But mm-hmm. but we, we but <laughs> we should challenge it on that, John. <laughs> but well, yeah. I mean, I, I think we should be prepared. Um, can can we know can you, that a once could in you a have predicted that? No, nobody exactly. I nobody mean, could have predicted it unless but, you're, unless you're Gate, you know, <laughs> Bill Gates. Yeah, but. Like 
But it's not like it was out of the realm of possibility that a pandemic could hit. And it's certainly not out of the realm of like the direction technological disruption has been taking us anyways. Um, So it it definitely would have been advisable for organizations to be more prepared. And there, there was possibility to be prepared more than most people were. And same thing, same thing with the situation in Texas. Um, You know, there, there are, are, are elements to the situation that were foreseeable, even though this once in a generation freeze, you know, was not necessarily something anyone saw coming. Right. Yeah. So, so we absolutely, and and those are just two examples, but we have so many, we have, we we're we're in a a competitive globalized marketplace where you have intense competition, you have external and internal pressures constantly. And we, we joke about, the only constant in life is change, right? That's the old cliche, but it's true. We we're going to face change and we can, we can either prepare for it or we can put our head in the sand and pretend, you know, like do the fingers in the ears, la la la, and just pretend like nothing's happening. Uh, But then we're just being reactionary rather than proactive and having a strategic approach to how to deal with the change that's, you know, well, and that's, that, that's the reason why I've, been so adamant about the concept of ready change readiness. So, so I'm, you know, I'm certified change manager through ProSci. So I know ADCAR, I can get on a project and manage the change. I've been through with Booz Allen Hamilton. We partnered with Georgetown University and they created a master's level certification program called change management, advanced practitioner CMAP. And So it's very strategic level change management, but it's change management. My first experience in change management occurred when I was in the Air Force in 1999-2000 timeframe. And we were outsourcing and privatizing services across across the military. Basically, there was a drawdown. This is during the Clinton years. There was this drawdown and we had to reduce our footprint. We were going to get rid of a bunch of jobs. So part of that was it was a money shift. We're going to move from government positions to outsource positions. So this is going to be cost effective. But part of that responsibility, what I was doing in manpower and quality, now manpower and organization, we were responsible for working with the organization that was facing outsourcing. And our job was to create the most efficient organization, what they call an MEO, out of their organization. So basically, we threw out all of the, the rules and everything, and we said, okay, we're going to restart this whole approach and look at how do we operate as efficiently as possible. And then they'd have people that were putting in a, for requests for proposal, they were putting in their, their proposals, and we would compete against the lowest bidder. And they had to beat us by 10%. And we were working on this one, major one with civil engineering, and we lost. And the I was in Germany at the time. So you were dealing with the German Works Council. You were during, dealing with the German government. And we had employees, German employees that came into our office and literally threatened to come and blow us up. We had the Germans, the German Works Council and their police force come in and commandeer all of our computers. 
And I got my first taste of what change management really is all about when that happened. But what I've realized over the years is that we're so focused on, you know, well, when we, when we change, we'll manage it. But if you really want to run an organization the way that you need to do it, you need to develop this it, almost like it's part of the culture, this mindset of we're, we're ready. We're always ready to, for changing. And the question is how, how do you actually do that? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, I, we, we talk a lot about various cultural characteristics and we talk a lot about inclusion and belonging. We talk a lot about empowering um, and engaging cultures and uh, trying to uh, create a learning organization and a culture around innovation, right? These are the types of things we often talk about. One of the things we often miss in that discussion about culture is change readiness Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and just having an agile mindset and a flexibility mindset as an organization And if you're continually learning and you're continually growing uh, and you're continually trying to innovate, I think it comes naturally that you're also going to be more open um, to change because that's part of the growth process, right? That you, if you're, if you're not um, changing, you're not growing, you're not learning and you're not developing. Right. Right. Um, But we all know that most people have a natural kind of psychological resistance to change. They want things to stay the way they're used to. And some of that's self-protective and it's, you know, fear and whatever. Um, but it's also just kind of human nature that we just kind of like our comfort and we like certainty or even the illusion of certainty. And so then we just kind of get stuck in, in, in a rut and, we, and we're happy with it. Um, those are the organizations though, that are never going to be prepared for the big external events that happen And frankly, they're going to stagnate and they're going to lose their competitive advantage um, in the long run. And so, so creating that culture of, of readiness for change and just a mindset of continual growth and change is essential for the, the future workforce, I believe in, you know, as we look into the future of work. excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
so what you you hit the nail right on the head there is what do what are we dealing with when it comes to change we're dealing with resistance to change and who are we so i can change a process i can change an it system i can change the organizational structure that is simple it's a one and done thing but what you really are doing and dealing with in change is our individual resistance to that change. And when I think about an organization and the reason why um, you have this significant resistance to change in an organization is because the people are not ready for change. And that's where I think the the real rub is happening. And, And as you said, in business today, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily that change happens. It's changes today are happening way more than they used to. You know, back maybe 10, 20 years ago, yeah, change was occurring, but these were large, well thought out changes that, you know, strategic transformation, organizational realignment, stuff like that. But now because of just a disruption in the industry, and I don't know if you've ever seen that, the speed of change video that they always update. They talk about like radio. Um, it took 38 years to reach 50 million people. And the iPad took one year to reach 50 million people and Facebook they reached 100 million people in nine months. I mean, when you look at some of that crazy, that's speed of change. And when stuff like that's happening, you can't manage it anymore. It's happening so fast. And, you know, this, this pandemic and the fact that over a two-week period, pretty much the entire world went to work from home. Okay. And, you know, layoffs occurred and it just all this stuff happened. And then what happened here in Texas and some of the other states, not as, um, you know, aggressive, because this was an entire state thing on a central grid, you know, it was just a Texas grid. So it, there was a big difference. But these changes are occurring so quickly. They, you know, if trying to management, you're like, oh, well, all right, I'm going to bring a change manager in on this. Oh, it already happened. We're, we're it's a week now. <laughs> like nobody's going to manage this thing. It, they're now trying to recover from it. So when I think about change management, I like to use the analogy of how, how would you plant grass? So you, you've got just a weed filled yard in front of your house. And maybe you had a tree that was there and the tree was dying and you cut it down and now you've got the exposure to the sun, but it's, it's just kind of dirt and weeds and, but you want to get a nice lush lawn. So what do you do? Do you just take some seeds and throw it out there? No, because you still got all the weeds and the, the ground is hard. What you're going to do is you're going to pull out all those weeds. You're going to Till up that ground a little bit with a rake or even a tiller. And then, so you're going to prepare things. And then you're going to sow your seeds and wait for that beautiful lush lawn to occur. You might even put down some some topsoil and you might put in some manure. And, you know, all these things, that is the act of preparing for change. So I could have just thrown the grass out there and I would have got change. I would have a weed-filled grass lawn. 
and all the problems and all that stuff would happen. That's managing. Or I can do all the things. I can do the extra work ahead of time, and I can throw out the seeds, and I'm going to get a really good lawn. And that's what that's what business change is all about. So I like to I like to think about things from the ad car perspective because you know they they're they're the ones who created basically change management right. Yeah. ProSize been around for a long time. Now we have the association for change you know change management professionals. I've worked with them on developing their initial body of knowledge. But when I think about what builds change readiness in an organization. So the first thing is that you have to get all of your people aware of the need for constant change. This, So they need to be aware. And leaders have a tendency to want to hold things, their cards close to the vest. They don't want to share. So I know, you know, we have all these conversations about transparency and authenticity and authenticity and I can't even say the word <laughs> and, and, you know, honesty and openness and all this kind of stuff. But in reality, the leadership team tends to want to say, well, we're going to protect people. We're not going to tell them all of the things that we see in our environmental scans and our strategic discussions. And so they hide that. But if you don't, take the time to open up the kimono and show them everything about what the company is facing and what could happen, then you're, you, that's your first, that's your first hurdle. And then you got to get people excited about wanting to change. They got to see the value to themselves. And I always say that there's a difference between the CEO and the employee. The CEO is constantly hard charging. They want to grow the company. They understand that the lack of growth is stagnation and death in a company. But the employee looks at, I'm getting paid for a job. And you want me to do this in my job for the same amount of pay. And I don't want to do that. Is it change, change resistance, right? So this guy wants to go like this. And these guys want to stay right there. And so there's a, this mindset you know, this is the CEO versus employee mindset that you're in this constant fight with your employees that don't have the desire to actually change. They don't want to grow in the company because growth means more work for me, more complexity. And unless I'm being benefited, so there's ways to, you know, obviously build that desire and give people a share of the profit and bonuses. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to incentivize that behavior, but you have to, you know, you need to educate and make them fully aware and then give them the reason why they would want it to do it. The what's in it for me, you know, everybody's tuning in to WIIFM. So, you know, we want to see this is what's important to me. But I think the biggest thing that and it kind of falls into the knowledge and the ability perspective. So from a knowledge perspective, I know how to do my job. I turn widgets, I, you know, I'm cranking on this machine, whatever it is, that's what I do. And I don't want to change what I do, because I might change myself right out of a job. And there's the fear. And the because everybody we all say, and we've seen the cartoons. We all say we want change, but we don't want change done to us because we're afraid exactly. of what is going to happen. So 
to be able to actually build and this ability for people to change and to actually seek out changes and this is where the, this is where you really start to flip the whole model and change readiness really gets crazy is that when you start educating your people on what i refer to as business transferable skills you you they don't have to be experts they don't have to be certified but you teach them about things like process improvement data and analytics project management program management change management strategy leadership even just management itself you start to give them more of an understanding of these skills that no matter what job you're in apply so you might be working in a mail room sorting letters and we're going to come in and we're going to change and we're going to say you know what we can do this with a machine and that person's like well oh can't do that that's going to get rid of my job and i can't go anywhere else in the company but if your mindset is i've got all of these skills and i can see that if we were to bring in this pitney bowes machine and it would it would automate what i do and i don't need to do that anymore i can do something else and i'm save the company a lot of money i'm going to go to my boss and i'll be like hey why don't we do this And they're going to be like, that's a great idea. And oh, by the way, you have all the skills to be able to move to another opportunity in this company, maybe even managing the overarching function of mail sorting. It might become very strategic. And that's where I think that's where the biggest shift in companies can occur is when you really get the knowledge and the ability and people, what happens then is that they start identifying it. And then you just, you know, they, we talk about empowerment, but I don't think anybody really understands what empowerment is. Empowerment is I am giving you the authority to make the change. And you just come to me and tell me what you need. Like, I'm going to need $50,000 and I'm going to save, you know, $2 million. <laughs> Okay, here's your $50 million <laughs> or your $50,000. Yeah. Save me some money because, <laughs> and they're not, they're not afraid to do it. And that's what we deal with is fear. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So on the, on the employee side, you have this psychological resistance to change all the things you've been identifying and discussing. I think the other um, major component comes back to something you were saying a few minutes ago, and that is that readiness for change requires us to put in work up front. It it requires us to think sustainably, and it requires us to um, get outside of the short-term orientation because we might be investing in readiness for change. Like think, take the the pandemic, for example, like a, a company that was prepared for that had been laying the groundwork for that kind of a transition for years And a lot of that time and effort and money was not something that they saw immediate returns on. And so, so we have to have a mindset towards, we recognize the necessity for preparation. We understand we need to help our people to develop the, the transferable skills, like you're talking about, break down the, the, the cognitive and, and psychological resistance to change. But as a, as a administration, as a, as a executive leadership team, we need to also promote a culture of preparedness and sustainability 
and long-term orientation. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to put in the time and the effort uh, to structurally put in place readiness mechanisms, right? Um, right. For when change needs to occur. And so I, I see it happening on both sides. In many organizations, they're just so focused on short terms, uh, short-term earnings and, uh, yeah. and, and just all of those immediate yep. types of indicators. And so, of course, they set aside these things that might pay off in the long run, but it's not gonna, we're not going to probably see any benefit from it right now. Yes. Well, you know, the saying is, we never fix our roof when the sun is shining. <laughs> that, that's absolutely right. So I think I think this has been a great discussion, John. Um, and we've we've just scratched the surface. We there's so much more. You, you've uh, mentioned there's various uh, change management methodologies that are out there that people can get trained in that are, go way in depth that help you to develop the skills. But even on just kind of the high level, I hope everyone listening can can recognize the necessity um, for being prepared. Um, the, the readiness for change discussion is one that we should all be having in our organizations on a regular basis. And we need to be thinking about how do we create a growth culture and a change culture, a readiness culture within our organization from the, the executive C-suite level all the way down to the line employees so that we can be truly prepared uh, for the inevitable change that's going to be thrust upon us. Uh, yes. We, we don't know exactly what it's going to be or what it's going to look like, but we know it's going to happen. And so we, we better be ready for it. I think that, I think that's a, the biggest challenge that businesses face is that they don't have the long view. They don't, you know, nine, nine out of 10 businesses do not have a formal, you know, written plan. And those that do out of, you know, that 1%, they are the people that, have a plan that they don't follow. It just sits on their computer. You know, we created it and it looks really good. We have words on the wall that talk about who we are and what we do, but we don't actually use it on a day-to-day basis. There's no goals that are being, you know, managed to, there's very few companies that actually do that. And that's just one of the long game mentalities that businesses don't have. So when they think, when you think about, change readiness, when you think about disaster preparedness, when you think about anything, you're investing in the future and you're trying to build something that you're not going to see an immediate result with. And we're, you know, we're in an Amazon world where everything's getting delivered by drones the next hour. So where, you know, where's my result? Where's my return on investment? Well, your return on investment is going to come. It just takes a little bit of while, but the return on investment is going to so outweigh what you actually invested. And it's going to make everything so much easier for you in the long run. Absolutely. Well said Um, with that, John, I know we're short on time. um, But before we close today, I do want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your business, um, your book, uh, and then just give us the last word on the topic on readiness for change. And we'll wrap up for today. Well, so the first thing I would say is that this this effort is a challenge. You know, you got to go through this, and it helps to have an assistant to do that. And I've worked with many companies in helping them develop, 
you know, this kind of approach, whether it be in continuous improvement, strategic planning, change readiness, employee engagement, uh, we could go on and on about that one too. But there's always this, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be done and people just don't know how to do that. As a matter of fact, there is no change readiness certification out there. Maybe we get together and create some, I don't know. <laughs> but if people are interested in contacting me and discussing this and maybe getting me involved in their organization to help them do that, they can check me out at crosscutter.com. So it's C-R-O-S-S-C-T-R.com and contact me through my website. I'm very active on LinkedIn and I, I post every day and it's all value focused information that generates discussion. So that's how people can get hold of me and I think the biggest thing that we have seen in the last year here in Texas, obviously, and across the world is that we need to be focused on this. We need to be focused on being more prepared and thinking long-term about everything that we do in business or you won't be in business anymore. Well said, well said. Well, John, it has been a pleasure talking with you again today. I hope to have you back on. We can continue the conversation. I hope listeners will reach out, get connected with John, find out more about what he can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.